Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. This is Melina Lee Williams Haas. I deeply appreciate you listening and taking the time to hang out with me. I will be addressing issues of life, the universe, and everything that are often bogged down and mired in shame and grief, and talk about how they can be repackaged to be useful and gorgeous and fucking awesome for you. So sit back and relax, or you know what? Sit up and freak out. However, you prefer to listen. Let's go. I am blessed enough to be here this evening with Simona Bastion and Dana Pellebon with, with the fancy Negroes. I'm here with the fanciest yeah. of fancy Negroes. Wearing sequins. <laughs> Wearing sequins and, uh, well, having worn, you know, your awesome outfit. We just came from the closing of the second run of Slave Play by Jeremy O'Harris. Did I tell you? Okay, so this is hilarious. So, Georg was talking about him because we had been approached by this company in Berlin and we were trying to figure out like who he should work with. And since we already have a project in the works, he's trying to expand his connection with other Negroes. And so he was, he said, well, what about the, the, the gentleman who wrote slave play? I could do, I could do this piece with him. He said, Jeremy O'Harris. And then he calls his people. He's like, please talk to Jeremy O'Harris. And I was like, sir, you realize it's Jeremy. O Harris. And he's like, it is not O'Harris. <laughs> and I was like, oh, now you're Irish. Congratulations. <laughs> I have to make sure to tell him that he will fucking crack up. I'm sure that's not the first time that's occurred. So we uh, spent the weekend here in New York seeing Slave Play. Oh, well, I'm sorry. I spent the weekend here in New York seeing, seeing Slave Play. Originally, it, this was supposed to be like a lovely reunion. My friend Dana was coming out from the wilds of the central states and Simona was coming from the wilds of Brooklyn uh, for us to come and see Slave Play before it closed because the second run was, is today was the final day. Garrick Friedrich, Haas, my owner, who is a wonderful human being and also crazy, decided that because... Columbia was not going back to in-person teaching that we were going to stay in California, which meant that I needed to become the fanciest Negro in the world and actually fly back to New York to see slave play clothes, <laughs> which is hilarious. And to add, I didn't, I didn't mention this because I didn't want to, I'm, I'm sort of low keying this trip. I didn't do a whole social media blitz, but I actually got an upgrade to business class. And my excuse of course is there's fewer people in that part of the plane. And they were upgrading to business class for 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 six hundred dollars on United for the for the Polaris level, and I was like, um, "That's cheap." And the ticket was free because I used my miles, so I got a business class seat for six hundred dollars. That's not bad. Which is a third of what it usually is. So I'm, I'm gonna be real with you. Yeah. Let you know that I don't fly business class. So I don't know what the cheap business class ticket is. It would smack me in the head. <laughs> Mama does Expedia.com. <laughs> and I picked the cheapest price with the best time. Just letting y'all know. I've only flown it 
because I know, like, they'll offer it to you sometimes. Yeah. If nobody's, and they're like, do you so want I, it for I $50? Will, yeah, like, for a $50 upgrade, like, I will, I will throw out some $50. Yeah. Hundreds, sometimes, depending on, if I'm going across the country, hundred, hundred, I think I did 150 because I was like, it's worth it. My my body, it'll, it'll be worth it. But more than that, I'm like, oh! Yeah, I am fancier now. I, I love that about you. You are... <laughs> helping me up my fans game. <laughs> I am now shopping the onlines and um you are you're in Eloqui and El- see the thing about eloqui.com though is that you can look dope as fuck and their sales are perpetual. They, they do have it's, it's all there's always a fucking sale like there's shit that i'll just bookmark and come back later and be like uh thank you although i did lose out on the fan fantastic full leather poncho at some point they had this leather poncho it was so cool with fringe at the end maybe you who were not born in the late 60s don't have this fringe thing no i don't have <laughs> <laughs> no fringe no i mean not that i don't no i'm not i just i'm obsessed with like like the jacket with the fringe on it is like the epitome of a cool of coolness there's like a it's its own sort of flavor of cool that you don't you don't have yeah. that you know? no I, i'm trying to think of what my thing is that i'm like ooh a trench mm-hmm. a good solid trench because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. one never i've never found i've only found like one in my life that fit me not where i look like kids in a trench oh coat. dear yes yes <laughs> um <laughs> i like to look like 80 puppies wrestling <laughs> I, I straddle that 70 80s line so um, if you hand me a stevie nicks oh yes which like a jacket? swirly with yes. a yes. So your yes. fringe has to just be really long. My fringe has to be long. You want the long fringe. It has to be dusty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Kind of black. Yep. I got you. I'm feeling it. I'm seeing it. So all of us fancy bitches, we're at various levels of fancy. And and I think that like the fancy that I am at right now is very critical because especially as I'm selling myself as the executive slave and trying to sort of take the edge off of, <laughs> of uh, power exchange relationships, coming to see slave play in the highest level of fanciness just adds to the flavor i feel and also that i get to walk up to the playwright and be like hey so how you doing because we had lunch together last year amazing oh the year before last oh my god yeah (gasps) when you could eat outside oh my god without a mask in a restaurant that's closed now are you fucking kidding me yeah look at how far we have fallen in the past two years Time capsules. holy shit it's really difficult to conceive of that i hadn't realized it's been over two years yeah yeah i i i hilariously so let us rewind when slave play first hit and people were freaking out about it i was like well of course i'm seeing i'm fucking seeing that shit and i wondered if the if the playwright was also kinky because you know why would you write that play and he is not, not like it's not the kinky per se but he's not not he's very very perverted yes. you know in his own way but i don't th- but he definitely uh, he i will say this he definitely was not a, per- a member of the community he was not out there doing that two-purpose kink stuff he was just being a freak on his own which is really good thank god that people are able to do that because the kink scene in and of itself often fucks people up mm-hmm. um and so then i did see the show and unlike 99 percent of people seeing the show 
I not only related to it, but I related to it extremely personally in terms of a lot of the emotional shit that happens during the show. It is, it is, it is dealing with themes and thoughts and experiences and conversations that I have had. Some of it was eerily almost was emotionally verbatim. I will say it wasn't word for word, but it was exactly like the emotional shit that I have processed and gone through. And so it was amazing to see it so articulately, not just stated, but stated for theater, Mm -hmm. which is like the second whammy, because for me, theater is, is, and has been such a, a, an incredible part of my life and my upbringing and my growing up. So then to have my story told by some like little skinny black kid (laughs) who isn't me, but is clearly able to dive into this tiny subset, this tiny little, you know, um, um, portion of, of, of a community really, and get to the core of what it is that we do as perverts mm-hmm. and why we do it and how complex it is for those of us who are African-Americans who do it was remarkable. And so I went on Twitter as one does, as he is a prolific Twitterer. And I was like, you owe me lunch because you stole my fucking shit. <laughs> And I got an answer, which at first you're like, well, that was a little bit wow. And then he was like, oh, I do. Yes, let's have lunch. And I'm like, ah! And then I'm like, wait, of course, of course. Of course he's, of course I'm having lunch. I was like, first of all, you stole my fucking shit. Plucked the shit psychically out of it. So I, so we made arrangements, we went back and forth and we had lunch at, um, at the uh, Mandarin Oriental Hotel, which I, I can't believe I have to use the past tense for this, but um, has uh, just a beautiful restaurant on the 35th floor overlooking Central Park South. And so you could sit there at your table with a two-story glass overlooking all of Central Park being served just the most exquisite food. And I'm sitting there with like Jeremy Harris, who of course is fabulous because he doesn't walk out of the house looking not just adorable and dope and cute as hell, having this whole conversation. And one of the first things he said to me was, when I, I said to him, I'm like, I'm so delighted that you responded. He was like, well, how could I not? You know, he's like, I, 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 I've seen your, your, your website. And he said, and the, re- the reason that I, um, knew who you were immediately was because I read the New York Times article that came out when you guys were in the Times. I'm like, oh my gosh. She's like, yeah, everyone was sending it to me because I was writing slave play at the time. Oh, nice. And so for him, it felt like it, like this sort of little, like, yeah, okay. Yeah. This is, this is the, 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 it, it was clear that the earth was softening up, right. Mm. For him to share this story and that there would be uh, a readiness for it. Right. And so this was your second time seeing it, Simona? Yeah, this was my second time. Yeah. And this was Dana's first time. Virginette. My very first. I'm a virginette something. <laughs> you just keep virgining yourself. Just keep finding shit you ain't done. <laughs> yeah. We'll do that. So this is not a situation where you can just say, so what'd you think about the play? Because it's a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think the way I want to try to sort of approach a discussion is just to sort of get like a, just like a brain puke, if, if that's okay. Like, so each of you can just take a little time and just be like, bah! you know, and, and so sort of like each of us can lead the conversation for a bit okay. towards what you want to talk about, about the show. Okay. Does that make sense? Like, so, cause there's going to be shit that like for me is super serious and you're just like, I don't even remember that. 
I'm sure. And then you'll say this thing and I'll be like, wait, what? So uh, does anyone want to go first? She's like, oh yeah, I want to talk about this thing. Either anyone. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) Um, The thing I, between the two, I mean, I cried both times Mm. and both times there was this, the, well, okay. The first time, and I joked about it with you, but the first time I remember. Okay. Oh, spoiler alert. Just spoilers. We're talking about the uh, fucking show. We're talking about the show. Which yeah. You can't go see anyway. Cause <laughs> um, you know, it's going to be, they have to revive it again. It was so, will. I mean, it was, it did so well on the, on the, on the, on, on this run. Yeah. Well, you know, people will come and see it. Somebody will. Dude, there was a brother in front of us who said this, this was his 13th performance. So people keep coming back. And I get why though. Cause like that first time. I was very uncomfortable because she comes out dressed as a slave. And I was like, oh, they for real. Like, this is an actual, it's not a metaphor. <laughs> but I had no idea. I didn't, I didn't want to look it up and I didn't want to go in with anything. Cause people yes. are like, I don't like, and I was like, I don't want to know. I want to, I want to make a decision. So I don't want to read about it. Good. And she comes out and I'm like, oh, shit, this is real. Okay. <laughs> And then Rihanna plays, and I'm like, what are we doing here? Why are they doing this for all these white people? And I'm looking around, I'm like, you better not say nothing. Like, I'm getting defensive already. I'm just mad. But then as you go, and I didn't realize right away that it was where they were, and then you start picking it up. The whole watermelon conversation was my, like, you made a cantaloupe! <laughs> that whole moment was which is so interesting because when you're up close it's clearer faster right than when you're further away yes. and i was in the front row of the mezzanine yeah yeah yeah. so we had a good view yeah but you're not right up close like yeah. we were tonight and so it took me to that and that was when my body released because i was like oh this is a thing in the thing this is not the whole play yeah something's something's afoot yeah 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 i didn't have to go through that this time yes and i could like laugh at all the jokes and not feel uncomfortable about laughing. I'm so glad you said that because, well, it's me. So I, of course, just laughed like the second she comes out. You're like, (laughs) I was like, oh my God. When they had those transitions, the whoosh, whoosh into and out of, it was, it was clear to me at that point that there was something happening psychologically. There was some sort of emotional transition. And I was like, oh wait, is this, this is a scene, right? This is a, they're doing a scene. And that I wasn't, it was like, what is happening? And I I think I got that like, oh, she's, this is, I don't, I don't know if I fully thought it was in her head, Yeah, but I knew it was like, this is something she's having happen. Yes. Um, And it, and then being closer is like you, the faces, you can see that they're, this isn't real. Like this isn't a period. It's much clearer. Right. It's much clearer. I just remember having that chunk of like, Oh my God. (laughs) But it's so, that makes so much sense to me because when I first saw it, I think the first time we were in the, we were in the front row of the balcony, which is an excellent seat. Um, and so we could, I could get some of the, Mm -hmm. some of the facial expressions. So I was, I was aware more quickly, but I won. There were so many people who were like frozen. And I was like, is this just, and I couldn't quite get right. I was like, come on, this is not, this is, why are you? And I think that's because you didn't know. And that was, I was like, where is this going? And the moment I realized like, oh, they're in, it's a therapy thing. Everything melt. Cause I was like, okay. Now I, I felt like I had backstory. And yeah. so this time though, I knew it, I came in, yeah. I didn't have to have that moment. And I feel like maybe because of that and seeing their faces during these powerful fucking monologues, mm-hmm. there were things that hit me. There's stuff that hit me the first time, but this time, like all three characters had a thing. Yeah. Like I, I wasn't just one. It was like, oh yeah, I've been that partner who's with 
the white person who doesn't see them as being um black or or you almost a proximity the whole yeah. like this makes you somehow special or you can say like your wife is black so you're not whatever and realizing that and mm. oh i've been that person who was like oh i've always just been me i'm a light-skinned person and i've had that experiences and i think i didn't have the full like ignorant moment because the whole time i was like you dumb motherfucker. <laughs> you know <laughs> like really and i think as a kid I've had those things happen. And it's not that I didn't realize they were racist. It was like this survival giggle it off. Yeah. Maybe file it away, but this is all you got. Like grow you in a small town in the South and there's nobody else you you with these people and Mm -hmm. didn't know I was getting out. So you might be with these people for life, like for life, you just lock it in. And so, but I had that moment and then definitely had that moment of, you're making this about me and having a problem and it's you and your whiteness and like, Oh my God. And the whole, our relationship is not honoring because we're not honoring either one of, of looking at who each other is and like yeah. having that. So there were the monologues. I was like, I'm like crying this time. Like it wouldn't stop coming out. I was like, I got to get the tissue. Mm. Um, Cause that, like that decade when she, he was like that, the decade. And I was like the decade. Oh shit. The de- Cause my marriage was, I mean, we were together for 17 years, but I was, we were married for a fucking decade and it was a decade of me. And I look back now and I'm like, what was wrong with me that I let these white people talk to me like this oh. for, for a good portion of my life. And I lived with white people who like to say things like, Oh, I don't think of you as white. I mean, as black, I think of you as white. Like I like to ma- like in hat and I'm like, and when I did start popping off, then I was a bad person and I was being Ooh. racist and I, right. So these were like coming Ooh. at it fresh. Cause when it first, wow. when, when, did it, when did it first hit Broadway? What year was that? Was it 2019? 2018? 2018. So I think it was 2018. It was like maybe the end of 2018. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I saw it in 2019 yeah. and I saw it like after had I moved already. I don't even remember if, it was, if I had moved yet or if I was still living with my you ex. St- yeah, yeah, yeah. If I moved at the beginning of 2019, so I might have moved. But it was fresh in a different way. And this time being so far set from that and being in a different place. It's, it's also, it's like, oh, I can reflect more. And it's like, oh. And the first time the kink stuff really, I think, was the thing that I was like, I feel seen. And thank you for talking about this. And this time it was a lot more of the, like, love, relationship, race mm-hmm. stuff. Like, the, the kink stuff the first time was like, oh, thank you for seeing me. And yeah. this time it was like, damn, you reading my whole everything with the white people I, I've loved and love. Like you just reading me right now. Wow. This is happening. Yeah. So it was two different experiences. Oh my God. Well, thank you for sharing that. Cause I was super vulnerable. Yes. Thank you. Fucking amazing. Thank you for letting me share. Yay. And uh, so now I will ask, did you like the show? I loved it. <laughs> I, the first time I left, I left, you know, when you, it, like you, it's just like magic, like yeah. literally like, I was so the shit that like the shit that you want theater to be. Yeah. And I wanted to talk to people about it. And I was like, going to defend the day. Like when people were like, I didn't and why this. And I was like, Oh, like you weren't even listening. And Jeremy O'Hara, he commented, like I wrote a post about it. He commented on my Instagram post. Cause I'm sure he like was going to do his thing, but it would just meant so much that he was just like, I wrote this for black women like you. 
And and I was telling friends, I was like to other black, I'm like, you, if you're vanilla, this might not be a thing for you. You're not going to get this. If you've never had a white partner, you're going to feel fucked up about it. I'm going to tell you that. And that was the, that's the piece mm. that I think was, I won't say the hardest, but maybe it is. It's like the, like, if you haven't done that, you're not, you're going to feel fucked up. And I know this is fucked up. I know this is fucked up. I know, like, you think I don't know this is fucked up, that I want a white person to do these things to The me, thing that kills me is, is, is like, I'm like, I'm like, what I don't understand is, I understand people judging other people's fucked right. upness, but what I don't understand is why there's a hierarchy of oh. this sort of fucked upness. Yes. That's what I don't get. Right. I'm like, so why is it the fucked up thing that I want to do? is more fucked up than the fucked up thing you, you want to do. do because you do. And then you may not want to tell me what it is and yeah. that's fine, but you have one. You're a human being. You yeah. have some fucked up. You got but some you nasty shit. Your hair still. You, we all had that. Like we, that's a level of, if you yes. want to talk to the wokest person in the room, they're going to start with somebody who perms their hair and how that's fucked up that you perm your hair. Like black people were always doing shit that at the root of it, if we really thought about it, we would realize like, how steeped in like white supremacy a lot of shit is like i don't know western christianity yeah people live and die for that <laughs> i can't <laughs> but hello on high yeah <sighs> but and that's the thing but and i said you know the thing is is i know it's fucked up but it's there there's also that i don't have any diagnosed um mental doesn't mean that i don't have them it just they're not bad enough for me to go seek out help yeah but having when she talks about that free feeling and i'm like that my mind is never quiet i'm never not able to think about shit that's happened to me like mm -hmm. i like porn because i'll think about going to the laundry and if elmo what does elmo look like <laughs> under his fur like i can't concentrate on sex Elmo would anything. look like a horrible naked cat and i would think about that and like and i don't oh my and god I can't yeah turn it we, off. We, and, we need to leave elmo out of these conversations <laughs> <laughs> I'm just but no but it's like i my mind wants will bounce around and i've like been having sex and like i'm in it but i can't be my mind won't shut up and kink has been the only time where it's literally the wind, the bells, the the chimes of the peace. I, it's the only time my brain can't do anything but shut the fuck up because it's processing anything. And it's where I've and whenever she I could say, I'm like, oh, the peace, you're getting so close. And I know that feeling. And and like I identify with that, and I'm like, so if it's fucked up, it's fucked up, but it's the only thing that gives me peace, right? And it's not hurting you, and I, and I think me knowing that it has a a level of fucked upness to it, and I know the root of where stuff comes from, mm -hmm. like I think that has to be enough. It has to be enough that I realize it. I'm not sitting here acting like you know, oh. And I talk to white people and I'm like, I don't let every white person do things because an ill intent white person. Also, like shady intent. Yeah, right? shady intent. People who, if you get too off on it, I, I can't. Like, absolutely not. I don't actually play with absolutely not race play folks because I'm like, I don't think I can't have you look in my eyes and call me the N word when mm -mm. I don't even use that word. Um, yeah. You know, I, I can't have that. That doesn't make me feel good that that's the thing you need to do to be with me. Yeah. For somebody, it might be, but that's not a level, an era, area I can go. And I'm like, yeah, I have white partners, but like, I, I've learned how to weed out the bed. Like, you got to see me. Well, in my you better blackness. learn pretty fucking fast. You have to. And I mean, sometimes it takes you a decade. <laughs> a decade. 
<laughs> but that's but this is like the sneaky when we talk about Well, you about, weren't having to weed out, you were having to eradicate one right. plant. Well, and it was <laughs> but it's also like what we talk about with white folks now and what racism is and that racism isn't burning racism is you will marry a black woman and then be mad when she starts actually being black. Mm-hmm. You'll be mad when she wants to have natural hair Damn. because you met her with straight hair. And I'm like, yes, because it was easier for you to pretend that I wasn't black when I had straight hair because I speak a certain way and I know how to like glide through the room and I and I look just sometimes to certain people ambiguous enough where people can be like, okay. And when I shave my head She's and I Middle started, Eastern. Right. And when I <laughs> shaved my head and it became and I was wearing it like before I, when it wasn't just shaved and it had my curls were coming in, I was a black woman. And for you to go, I don't like hair like that. And I'm like, you mean the hair that grows out of my head? This motherfucker said that shit? Yeah. <gasps> he did. Bro. Mm-mm. And for me to like go off and then be told, oh, you have an anger problem and you, you know, you, you're just, you're just looking for things. And even the, the, the comments that were made about, I forget what was said, but we would often have these things where I was like, that was a fucking racist moment. He'd be like, no, it's not. And I'm like, stop telling me what I'm feeling. Like, you you don't know what that feels like. You didn't grow up. Mm. I know when a racist white person is staring at me, I can feel it. Yes. Why don't they believe us? Because <laughs> I grew up in the South. Believe me, I know when they're looking at you. And I can tell what they're like. I can feel How? it. I can see it. I tell you, that is the, no one has done that to me in a long time. Yeah. In a long time. And I, I will tell you why. It's because the wave of Negroes on social medias. Right. Like after a while, you can't say, A, I've never heard this. Mm-hmm. Or B, you're the only one who says this. Right, or right. C, well, maybe you were just one. You have that wave of, I'm right. just so glad that they're, that everyone has access. The democratization means yeah. that p- even the people who like, I could see them not believe me. And I'm like, you just think that I'm some sort of nut. Like you mm-hmm. love me and you care, but you're just like, oh, well, right. she's just, oh, she's just it. Right. And the way, <sighs> and it's just the way people handle you differently. Like yeah. all of those things. And so being with somebody, and I think for, it was years of microaggressions. It was years of tiny cuts, which they say in the show, but it was years of tiny cuts. And I think when I really started finding myself, cause also I was a child. I mm-hmm. met him when I was 19. Yeah. We started dating when I was 20. We moved in when I was 20 and a half. And I lived with him my whole, I didn't live with roommates. I didn't date in my twenties. I was with this one man. I came from a very traumatic childhood early, like late teenhood. He was literally the white savior. He was, he rolled in. I was living in a basement, had had an abortion, was like sleeping with whatever, whoever, not partying really fucking hard. And I fell in love with this man who was just like, let me help you. And I'd never had anybody in my life say, let me help you. Let me give you Mm. a a place to breathe. Let me give you a place, like, let me give you a place to not have trauma happening and, and a warm place to go. And it really was like in my friend's speech at our wedding, she was like, you saved her. Like she, and, and that was the other people saw it hit me that other people were like, she was going down, not, was not going to be okay. And so for years, like I surfed on that, this person and I gave him everything. And so I ignored a lot of shit or I just chalked it up to like, okay, well, you know, it's the thing he said. And, you know, realizing that and you're aging and you're learning more about yourself and you're embracing your blackness and you're realizing 
this shit is not right. Mm-hmm. Um, when his step, when his dad met me, I guess nobody knew I was black until they met my siblings who were your shade. And he looks at me while he's shaking my brother's hand. He goes, you're black. <gasps> it was like a Eddie Murphy comedy, the way he said it. Oh my and God. He was like, you're really black. And I'm like, yes. And you're in front of my brother who's very black. <laughs> dreads you know saying the whole thing he's not anything else <laughs> yes i'm black hi welcome and that was like three years into our oh my god our relationship maybe like maybe two and so it was a lot and i talk i talk about this like having that safe space but then when i grew and i started i found kink I was like realizing I was not made for monogamy and that really I was just very smitten for five, six years. And then I was like, I don't, this is not what I really want, but I love you, but I need, I need other things. And I hadn't, I hadn't ever been able to explore it. Like I didn't date, I didn't have exploration time and to be with somebody who just, then you start realizing like, Oh, you only like me when I'm weak. And I don't have my life together and I'm so full of trauma and you didn't like me when, cause his saving me also thrust me into all my trauma manifesting. Cause I had never been anywhere safe. I had never been anywhere safe. So my body never let it out. Yeah. And then suddenly wow. I'm having full blown body, like recoiling when people are trying to hug me. I'm counting through hugs. I cannot stand to be touched. I'm realizing I didn't have feeling in my nipples. It finally, like my brain was like, so, you know, you don't like people touching your butt cause you don't feel it. And I was like, I don't feel it when people touch nothing. It didn't feel like anything. Like wow. it wasn't like a, you know, they were there, yeah, yeah. but I was like, you're having fun, but what's happening? Like what is there supposed to be a party? And am I supposed to be supposed to be, is there a thing? And like, I didn't realize oh that my, my God. mind moving and traveling and not focus all of that. And so all my trauma hit me while I was with this person. And then I don't think he realized he didn't have the tools. I didn't have the tools. Yeah. Nobody had the tools. But he didn't enjoy that part either. <laughs> well, this is the thing. Like, if if you have issues, you mm-hmm. have to want to acknowledge them. Right. And then work on them. Right. And obviously, you started acknowledging and doing the work. Right. Well, and it was also that I don't, you know, we were talking about this earlier, but I didn't, I never looked at all the bad shit that happened to me as trauma. Mm. Like, if you would have asked me, I'd be like, well, my mom wasn't nice. But even the few stories I've told you, my mom was horrible. And there's worse. A lot worse. Like I, I'm mommy dearest is a funny joke. Mm. When I, I was like, well, that white girl, she didn't get beat that bad. (laughs) You know, when I watch it, I'm like, it's bad. Right. But people are like, this was horrible. And I'm like, um, well, (laughs) I'm like, this is horrible, but you know, did her mom make her eat cereal vomit? You know, there's just... Did her mom make her eat cereal vomit? No, no she, she did not. But that's... So I don't think I realized into that point. And I think he felt... I don't know. I, I think I've always felt like he felt like I trapped him because I was fun and giggly. And then I became this person who had a lot of shit. And then... Yeah, you were also apparently white. So, and you I know. Apparently white. And I mean, but we worked through a lot of stuff and I tried to take him on the, I tried to take him on the growth journey. I really did. I wanted to, I wanted, well, did he want to fucking grow on the growth? He go on the growth journey. Well, then there you go. And then at the end, I, I realized like, Oh, I have, you are who I met when I was 19 and I am 
light years beyond who you met when I was wow. 19. Yeah. Yeah. And we're not going to come together. And so a lot, and that's a lot of the shit is in the show. Like even her talk, like I, re- you're the virus. I finally realized it. And I'm like sitting there like, yeah, <laughs> yes, yes. That's when it became really hard. You've been listening to All That and Mo. Thanks so much for spending your precious, precious time with me today. My podcast is produced by Cody Crabb. Theme music by Georg Friedrich Haas, as performed by Marcus Weiss. And I look forward to spending time with you again really soon.